Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another week of MLB, baby, which is week eight. We're about 50 games in, and while that might sound like a lot, we have over 100 games to go. The marathon is in full swing. We're not even halfway there by a long shot. So much baseball action, so much to talk about week in and week out. We never run out of stuff to talk about, but we, we do it anyway because we love the sport week in and week out. Thank you all for joining us, whether you're watching us live or listening to us on our podcast uh, channels we really really appreciate it i am your host barrett boom bostic joined as always by my co-host the one and only travis t-bone lawfully travis how's it going man man i'm doing well i was uh just watching some of the rangers uh, a, a few minutes ago before i uh for a hopped on here on the pod uh martin Perez, uh i believe it's thrown uh three scoreless innings so far nice. to start the game uh yeah the rangers are heating up right now um we'll talk a little bit about them in a bit but uh yeah man i'm happy to have you back i know you got to spend some time uh spend some time with the family over the weekend i held down the fort last night so we were talking about college ball mm-hmm. um yeah at this point either of us you know we've, we've we've had times to this point now where we've had to just hop on and do this by ourselves here uh we know how to do it's there we can make it happen it's still good content that we put out but certainly it's a lot better and it's so much more fun when it gets to have you here on the other side of the screen. So welcome back, my friend. Well, looking forward to talking some Major League Baseball tonight. Yep, it was some good holiday fun, but the show must go on. And so that is exactly what we will do. And for all of our MLB shows, we always started off with the no doubter of the week. It is our namesake. And with this particular one, it was tough. Some weeks are easy. Some weeks you just have one that stands out. Some weeks you have to fish for it. This one was very very tough which is a good problem to have travis and i would be remiss the bias is going to play a little bit into this but not completely and i'll explain we are first going to give an honorable mention to my man jordan alvarez i am a houston astros fan and recently he hit the longest home run of his career so you would think okay you know i first i thought that was going to be worthy of it but it is not the no doubter of the week I will explain in a minute, but honorable mention. I think this is the first time we've ever shown the honorable mention on the show. But without further ado, the honorable mention for No Doubt or the Week goes to Jordan Alvarez. This took place yesterday. Both of them took place yesterday. We're going to go to Jordan Alvarez. This was him facing off against the A's, which they did end up winning that game. And he hit the longest home run of his major league career. If you can believe it, it's just simply called Mount Yard. Boom. I mean, it just goes and goes and goes, goes, goes. Just look at that. I mean, that's not easy to do at the Coliseum. The Coliseum is a big field. It's a big park. I mean, that's a big wall. You got to (laughs) travel out there. Uh, You, you earn your offense there in Oakland for sure. Seriously. 469 feet. 113.9 113.9 miles per hour, 28 degree launch angle. He hit it off a changeup. So, you know, Paul Blackburn thinks he's cool and can do a changeup, and we'll watch it one more time. He thinks he's cool and he can throw a changeup on a 3 1 count, and then boom, he's just going to hit the crap out of it. I mean, and so when I, I was watching this live, and when he hit that, I was like, this has got to be the no doubt of the week. But alas, it is not. And I can't, because again, I can't let the bias go too much that looks like one of those type of pitches where just like two things happen you have to strike out or you're gonna knock it out of the park exactly <laughs> that's what Jordan alvarez did essentially that is exactly what he did but again it was such a good week for no doubters we had to give it to a man who hit a very special extra special home run this person jesus sanchez hit the fifth tied for fifth longest home run in the stack cast era that's right i'm just gonna let the video do the talking they are mar the miami marlins are facing off the colorado rockies in colorado i gotta get that caveat and jesus sanchez for the miami marlins lefty up on the mound hits the crap out of this ball wait for it 496 feet i mean if you look a guy on the triple deck catches it now again yeah. let's watch this, that through again because i uh i was fiddling with one of my tabs I, so i missed it here yes i want you to pay attention to the the third deck and i'm gonna try to zero in boom that guy right there that guy right there caught it look at that i mean triple deck now again 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 
It is cores. It is cores. But it, but still, this is the no doubt of the week, guys. It is tied for fifth in the stat, fifth largest, longest home run in the stat cast era. To give some perspective on the stat cast era, that was 496 feet. There have only been four other people who have hit the ball farther. Miguel Sano, 496 feet, 2019. Aaron Judge, 496 in 2017. Uh, you got John Carl Stanton, of course, 504 feet in 2016. And Travis, do you know who has hit the longest home run in the StatCast era? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to take a wild guess and say it's Joey Gallo. <laughs> oh, man. I, I love where you're coming from with that. But no, the longest home run in the StatCast era is a man who at the time was playing for the Texas Rangers. Oh, it, 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 it's Prince Fielder, isn't it? No, 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 no. This is so the Statcast era is 2015 and later. All so, right. uh, no, I mean, if you don't know who it is, you're not going to get it. It's <laughs> yeah, no right, more, I... no more Mazzara. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's uh, it's not the the name I would have expected to have. Uh, yes, that title for it. Yes, while John Carlos Stanton hit it 504 feet at Coors Field, no more Mazzara. At the Globe Life Park in Arlington, hit it 505 feet in Texas in 2019. So when you're tied for fifth in the longest home run of the Stackhouse era, we have to give you the no doubt of the week. We just have to. It would we it, we would it would be doing him a disservice, but I had to do Jordan Alvarez because again, longest home run of his career, 469 feet is still quite a quack. Quite quite a quack, yes. <laughs> There you go. It was it was a plethora week of no doubters. So there we go. Getting the show started off right with some good old fashioned no doubters. Man, off to a good start. I love it. So there we go. That's a namesake. It's an awesome problem to have. All right. Before we get into our recaps, the meat of the show, we have to talk about the, the latest. It's the latest gossip, Travis. What everyone's talking about the slap heard around the world, uh, the baseball equivalent of the Will Smith slap. And of course, I'm talking about uh, the moment where Tommy Pham of the Reds slapped Jock Peterson of the San Francisco Giants and incurred a three game suspension over a fantasy <laughs> football feud. It's yeah. May right now, like we're, <laughs> we're yes. in the middle of the baseball season. The, 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 they decide to take care of this right now, right deep in the middle of the, the football offseason. Like hey. this, this is so this is so weird. It's just so strange and odd. It is, it is, until you realize that this is part of the sport of baseball. So this is a feud that had gone on for months and months and months. And there was some money involved and there was some, you know, disagreements about the waiver wire and all that. Trav, have you ever played fantasy football? Yes, I have. I, I, I play very casually. I am, <laughs> you know, I, I've told myself over the past couple of years that I'm, uh, I'll be retiring, um, from it <laughs> just because my, my ability to give like full attention to it and the care about it, especially like as the season drags on is just, uh, it's just is, uh, it has gone less and less over time. And I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I officially, I'm hanging up the cleats this off season. <laughs> there you go. I, I did it once, one and done for me. I'm glad I did it because a lot of people do it, but I did it. Um, but yes, uh, it's just, it, yeah, it was so funny, uh, this whole thing. But I'm going to tell you, baseball players, they hold grudges. They hold grudges big time. I keep, I, I read a book that I got more out of than I thought I did, The Baseball Code. It's about the unwritten rules of baseball, which are still in a little bit in effect today. They're being phased out. But that book showed me how teams, players hold grudges. They will retaliate against opposing teams, against infractions that happened years ago, like three plus years ago. Some little thing that happened, they will wait for the right moment and they will get their revenge and they remember. So it, this doesn't surprise me at all when you think about it in the larger context. There was a character, there was a player. And in the baseball codes book, he kept a hit list 
a literally a hit list of people that he had to get revenge on. And one by one, he would cross it off, cross it off. He was a pitcher, so he would beat them. So cross it off, cross it off. It took him 20 years to cross off everything off the list. And then he crossed off the last person on the list when they were both, they were in the majors, but then they went to the minors together. So they were in the minors together just plain practice and he beams him and he's like i got you that 20 years later i got you <laughs> so you're like what oh my gosh dude yep that's, that's baseball for you yeah. definitely a live by the code mentality <laughs> live by the code man live by the code die by the code right yeah <laughs> oh man but nowadays rob manfred he ain't having it this didn't even happen in the game it happened in the before the game shenanigans but rob manfred he's not gonna have any of that he's like nope that is not gonna happen if <laughs> todd was caught on camera so three games boom so you can argue about uh that versus another infraction but uh, you can tell that now they're trying to clamp down on retaliatory beans <laughs> and all that. So, but yeah, um, that's really the general topic we wanted to talk about because it happened. It's sensational. It's full of drama, and you know, drama is is drama. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I'm I don't know. It's if it, if it happens, it happens. I mean, I kind of want the sport to be clean, but again. I don't mind a little drama every now and then. <laughs> so, that's just my honest opinion. But anyway, without further ado, let's actually find out what's happening in baseball. Uh, T-Money, let's do it like we always do. Let's start off in the AL East. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this week I really just want to focus on one team, and that is the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the Yankees and the Rays right now uh, continue to hold uh, top spots in this division, 33 and 15 overall and 28 and 20 respectively uh, for these two clubs. I think he's lost a couple of games in a row now um, in the, as we're recording this show, uh, but they're still 5-5 five and five over their last 10 games in the Rays as well. Um, the uh, uh, my Texas Rangers just got a uh, opening series win over them the other night here uh, last night. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Um, so they've lost the game there. We've got once again, five and five over their last 10 games. Uh, these, these teams can both put up some offense. They're still in really good shape for being contention here for this AL East crown. Um, but, you know, the Blue Jays are starting to heat up now at this point, too. So they're on a five game win streak. They're now just minus one in the. Uh, the run differential column at this point now so the offense is ster- certainly starting to heat up the pitching is starting to get there seven and three in their last 10 games um yeah you've got you got kind of some highlights that have happened recently um here for this team uh in terms of uh matt chapman hitting a go-ahead uh two-run double um during the three-run eighth inning over the angels uh the other day uh, a few days ago uh Blue, uh, the Blue Jays had a rally in the ninth inning to get a 4-3 victory over the Angels. Um, uh, you know, really good performance uh, by Lord Scurriel Jr. Right at the end when they uh, when they were looking to seal up the game. Um, yeah, you've had some good performances from this team lately. Uh, Vlad Jr. right now, he, is, uh, he was scratched from the starting lineup a couple of days ago. Uh, due to a wrist situation, I can't, I don't know if he's back at this point now. Sorry, I didn't look far far enough into that. Uh, <laughs> but you've got, I mean, you've got. Uh, we we've talked about this team before. the The talent is there. You know, they've kind of been in a lull um, to this mm-hmm. point uh, lately, but it's starting to um, it's starting to uh, starting to spark a little bit here uh, because certainly George Springer can't carry um, carry this team entirely on his back. Uh, yeah, and it's been a lot of George Springer and Alec Manoa, uh, the star starting pitcher, the former West Virginia Mountaineer, um, that, that really have kind of been the, uh, the offensive and the defensive one-two punch here uh, to really anchor down this team uh, in their inconsistencies. Uh, but you know, you're getting some uh, you're getting some help on the pitching side as well too. Now, uh, Adam Simber, I believe is how his name is pronounced, uh, the uh, the relief pitcher here, uh, you know, has really helped uh, seal some good uh, good wins for this team. Uh, 211 ERA for him and 17 strikeouts on the year. Kevin Gosman now has 65 strikeouts on the year with a 225 ERA. Um, so there's some good pieces here to uh, to this Blue Jays team that are coming together here right at the right time. You want to see 
I feel like, you know, you want to see this sort of momentum start, uh, start swinging in the way of teams heading as we get closer and closer to the all-star break. This this always, I don't know about you, but this always feels like a really definitive kind of period of time here. This like heading as we move into the summer, getting towards the all-star break. And then as we're finishing up the summer, coming out of the all-star break there, you know, you, it's a good time, like in one or both of those kind of time periods to really figure some things out there. And the teams that do, uh, end up oftentimes being contention ultimately, um, you know, for the postseason, and sometimes getting, uh, making some noise once the month of October rolls around. So you've got the, uh, you got the blue Jays right now sitting five and a half games behind in that division. Um, and, uh, I haven't, I still haven't gotten a lot of chances to, uh, to watch this team yet really at all, but from what I'm reading here and just kind of what I'm seeing in terms of, uh, you know, stat lines, it's coming together up there North of the border. Yeah, and I'm happy about that. I mean, I've chosen to win the World Series. A lot of people did, and they're just a team that's good on paper, but it's just they're not always um, able to live to their full potential. Now, granted, it's a tough division, and it's just it's like you were pointing out, Travis, and this, this is the time where you want to be in a good position going into the All-Star break. And because this is also a time where teams are kind of assessing their needs ah, yes. for the trade, trade deadline. deadline. Yes. yes. So <laughs> if there is a, a spot that is it's consistently weak, then teams can be like, eh, I think we need to do something about this. The yeah. Braves. We're gonna start seeing yeah. some of these these bubble teams right now in terms of uh, in terms of uh, in, you know where, where it could go either way of them looking at it and looking at the entire landscape of baseball and thinking <laughs> like, hey do we have a legitimate shot? How much of our future are we mortgaging here? Like where are we in a window right now uh, <laughs> and let's go for it or, uh, or otherwise you're going to, you're going to, you're going to see the sellers as well. The guys that just says, Hey, you, you know what? We, the, the future is a lot bigger beyond just this one season here. Let's, uh, let's give some guys away. Let's pick up some draft picks. Let's pick up some, uh, some farm <laughs> system, uh, some guys out of the farm system. Uh, the Rangers did that last year uh, with the yeah. Yankees. Got some pretty important pieces out of that. You know, just just one of uh, one of a couple of major steps that they made, uh, really kind of within the last uh, last twelve months for uh, for that organization. So yeah, it's a pivotal time. You know, you can uh, the momentum is going to carry either way in terms of whether you know you're really in terms of whether you're really pushing the chips in on this year or setting yourself up for success for the future. So it's uh, it's a fun time of year for sure. Exactly. The, the every game counts. Every game counts. There are stretches where they play so many games in a row and they get tired and it's forever since a rest day, forever long road trips, but you got to find some way to get some energy because it's got a long road ahead. But yes, um, you know, Yankees still holding strong, but it's definitely it's ain't it ain't over yet. There's still a lot more to be played. Um, speaking of which, the NL East it is it is still the Mets show. Their lead continues to grow. They are riding a four game win streak, seven out of their last ten. The Braves are nine and a half back, and I know they're just kind of hanging in there, but it just seems like. The Mets are just on all facets are just overperforming. The player of the week last year for the National League was in fact Francisco Lindor, and this right here is a is a welcome sign for Mets fans. When they paid him a boatload of cash, this is what they they thought they were going to get consistently. But to see Lindor get Player of the Week, come get back into his true form. It, it, it is a good sign. It is, baseball is good when Lindor is good. Uh, in that week where he won player of the week, he was slashing 348, 407, 870. He drove in, a war, drove in a run in every game, every single game last week, and recorded an RBI in eight straight games. His best game last week was on Tuesday. He, he recorded a triple a home run, and six RBIs. So he scored half the Mets' runs, and they still lost 13-12. to But he certainly put in the effort. (laughs) You can't blame him. I mean, a triple and a homer. So, I mean, but Francisco Lindor. And really, the Mets, they're doing well because it's not just Lindor. It's just 
their offense. There's just something about it. It's it's been missing. They've had the pitching, but the offense is it just hasn't been there. But you've got the studs. Lindor's 800 OPS. Pete Alonso, 892, 13 bombs on the year. That guy is having a phenomenal year. A three, a 534 slugging, guys, and a 358 on base percentage. That's not shabby at all. That's that's elite. I mean, McNeil, 812 OPS. Nimmo, 838. This these are well above average OPSs, and it's really it, it is adding up. They're just being consistent. Chris Bassett's got a sub-4 ERA. Carlos Carrasso's got a sub-4 ERA. Now, again, the injuries, they're able to sustain it, which is what makes, which is good. You know, DeGrom, DeGrom is, he's been throwing uh, from 135 feet, and he says he feels completely normal, which is fantastic. Um, we know that, uh, um, Scherzer's still on the 15-day IL, so we will see what happens um, when that comes about. But they just got to—you've got some breathing room, Mets. Just wait. Oh man, when they got Degrom and Scherzer, oh, watch out. I mean, I don't even know. Want I don't even want to know. But you know, it—it's going to be scary. I mean, and that's really what this division's about. It's Mets and everybody else. So uh, I just don't know. Uh, it, really, it's on the Mets. If they implode, the other teams have a chance. If they stay the course, nobody else has a chance. Yeah, that that division feels like it's just all Mets this year. I mean, there's really <laughs> there just isn't the strength and consistency, and I feel like the talent um, across really any of the other teams there uh, to really be looking at uh, like uh, that's a division that's going to put multiple teams um, ultimately in the playoffs this year. It, yeah, it's the Mets show. And until they, until they falter, uh, that's all it's going to be. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, let's move on to the middle of the country. Yes, sir. We're making our way out to middle America now and the <laughs> AL central. Yes. Um, so if I don't, uh, if I don't absolutely accidentally uh, flip over to uh, incorrect tabs here while we're in the middle of our broadcast, uh, yeah, the, the AL Central right now, it remains the uh, the Minnesota Twins show. They're thirty and twenty on the year. They have a straight uh, straight six hundred uh, record at this point right now. Uh, five game lead over the Chicago White Sox, and uh, yeah, it's that. Well, I'll just yeah, I feel kind of the same way about the uh, the. You know, there's there there's a bit more more room for the other teams to get back into it here um, in this division right now than I would say the uh, the NL East here. I think especially in terms of like strength and, and talent potential here, um, you know, if, uh, and just kind of where Minnesota sits uh, comparative to the rest of the teams in their uh, in their division. Um, but the Twins right now, uh, it's their division to lose. Uh, they just show uh, continue to show that they have the most strength. I think right now. There and you know some good pieces that uh, that are supporting casts. Uh, in addition to uh, to Carlos Correa right now, uh, the second baseman Luis Arias with his 361 batting average, also slugging uh, 417 and on base percentage of 452. Byron Buxton's 11 home runs, his 21 runs batted in. Jorge Polanco, the shortstop, his 26 home run, uh, his 26 runs batted in. Excuse me on the year, 233 batting average. Um, yeah, the Joe Ryan show continues um, out there on the mound. Uh, as of today, uh, Correa is unfortunately on the COVID IL after testing positive. So hopefully he gets back. Um, he gets back as soon as possible. Uh, Max Kepler uh, today had three hits and drove in three runs to help uh, uh, help uh, Minnesota get that eight to two victory in the first game of their do- doubleheader uh, over Detroit today. Um, yeah, you've got. Uh, yeah, you had Sanchez getting his sixth home run of the year at this point right now. Uh, yeah, there's just there's this is a good team that just gets the job done. It's maybe not always the sexiest way possible, but they do have they do have some power uh, to go with it. They're just they seem like a smart baseball team to this point right now. Uh, got a plus thirty eight run differential on the year. Uh, that's a really good sign, you know, at this point right now. Six and four in their last ten games. Um, as for everybody else, uh, the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Tim Anderson right now, uh, he's unfortunately out at least three weeks in the, uh, the COVID-19, uh, list, I believe. Um, or actually, I think that's the situation COVID-19 actually, 
actually, it's a groin situation. Let's say that would be really, really serious for COVID-19 if Anderson was out for three weeks. But no, it's a groin situation. <laughs> Ouch. That's uh, that's no fun. Uh, so Luis Roberts has been activated from the COVID IL uh, there. Um, man, I think, I don't know if this was serious, but I saw like a tweet or something about how this is like, in 40, the 46 games that uh, that Chicago has played, that the White Sox have played this year, this is like the 40, they've had like 46 different lineups, it seems there, because they're I just, they can't come to any consistency there. Uh, yeah. There's just, there's too much talent. There's just too much talent in that, that organization for them to be a 500 team and just seemingly, and then no path for them to get anywhere above that right now. I mean, Tony Larusa has to be on the hot seat. I, I feel like I've yeah. said several times right now, um, but just yeah, this is this is his responsibility. Um, this is this is how you see your team. This is how you visualize. This is a matter of how you visualize things, how you plan for for when tough situations come around. And right now, it just they're just treading water. And grand, yeah, they're not in a super tough division. That this is not keeping. That they're not losing. Uh, you know the the ability to make the postseason really by any stretch, but it's just it's it's disappointing to you know we we had hyped up these White Sox so much going into the year, really thought they could be something special, and it's just been a colossal disappointment right now. Um, yeah, tough to see. Uh, the uh, one one other team to touch base on real quick here. Uh, so the Detroit Tigers very much have cooled off recently from their, uh, from their, uh, you know, they didn't really have a hot start to the year, but there was a lot of, we, we expected maybe the, the rebuilding process to be a little bit further along and for them to show a little bit more strength, um, uh, then, you know, would have been to this point. It's almost kind of like, Hey, do you, uh, does anybody here remember how to hit a baseball? Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, the, uh, the Tigers are, uh, are you know trying something right now uh, because a uh, a big legacy name was called up for the uh, for, mm. for the Tigers the other day. And it was yeah. none other than one of these sons of the Rocket himself. Yes, Cody Clemens, the son, one of the four sons of Roger Clemens, one of the four sons whose name starts with a K yes. to uh, represent all those strikeouts that the Rocket had yeah. in his career. So, uh, yeah, Cody Clemens. He was a third round pick in the 2018 amateur draft. Uh, Clemens was hitting 283, um, playing uh, in the uh, Toledo minor league program. There as part of uh, in the yeah, as part of the, the Tigers. He had eight homers and 31 uh, runs bat in uh, over 45 games played uh, with the team this year. Uh, he was drafted as a second baseman. Um, and he's kind of been a he's kind of been a Swiss Army knife for that team in terms of playing uh, that Toledo club in terms of playing first, second, third, and in left field this year. Uh, yeah, Cody Clemens is just an all-around baseball athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of uh, yeah, I, you know, I one of one of again these great kind of college baseball success stories. Me advocating for the sport there. Uh, played for the Texas Longhorns in three year uh, for three years between 2016 and 2018. Freshman year in 2016, he had a 242 batting average and five home runs. 2017, he uh, he uh, he had Tommy John surgery, uh, mm. but he did uh, get a shot to play as the designated hitter that year for the team. Uh, his junior season in 2018 was truly the breakout year for him. 352 batting average, 23 bombs. Uh, he had a Big 12 Player of the Week at one point there. Um, he was a finalist for the Golden Spikes Award and the Dick and the Dick Hauser Trophy. By the end of the year, um, yeah, just a, just a great college baseball success story. It really shows what uh, what that sport can do in terms of developing players. Um, yeah, we, we we've seen what he did. Uh, we we read what he did. Uh, obviously, with Toledo going into this uh, uh, here as the season has started here, and you know it's paying off for him. He's uh, he's getting called up now. Uh, he's going to wear number twenty one, which is one of yeah. the numbers that his dad wore. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, his dad also wore number 22 when he was with the Yankees and the Astros. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm looking at this article here on ESPN talking about just how how cool of a situation this was. He figures out that Cody's getting uh, getting called up. Uh, dad flies in from Houston up there to Detroit for the game. Uh, um, yeah, he apparently he got uh, he got calls. Uh, dad got calls from guys like Jeter and uh, <laughs> and who else did he get calls from? 
Yeah, I think it was Jeter and Bagwell. They got calls from uh, nice. there congratulating them, uh, him there. So uh, just, yeah, neat situation seeing that. Gives, yeah, been a tough season so far, and certainly it's been kind of a lull for that uh, that Tigers organization. So it gives our fan base something uh, something to cheer about right now. And uh, you know, once again, kind of one of these, one of these future pieces to look forward to developing. Uh, hopefully you see Spencer Torkelson uh, start getting his bat developed as well, too. He still has a ton of potential there. A lot of young pieces like that. The Tigers have drafted very well in recent years. They've got a great manager in AJ Hinch. Uh, you will, you would hope to see, uh, you would hope to see that club get back to, uh, to, to, to competing in the AL central again very soon because, uh, Detroit's a great baseball town. And I just, I can't ever, I can't ever really hate the Tigers. I mean, they just, they seem to have genuine fans, just, you know, hardworking middle America people. Um, their, their, their fans travel very well. I've been to several, uh, several Rangers games, uh, over, uh, the old globe life over the years. Um, against the tigers and their fans always came out in full force, um, for those games. Uh, so yeah, I I'm hoping for the best there for that organization. And, uh, I'm interested to see, you know, even, even with Cody being, uh, being a, uh, you know, alumni of an opposing big 12 foe, uh, (laughs) still cool to see these college guys, uh, get to live out their dreams and get a shot at the show. Yes. He might've gone to a different college than us, but he did go to the same, uh, private school that I went to, St. Francis. So St. Francis Wolves alum Cody Clemens is. So uh, we got that connection, he and I do. So congrats to Cody Clemens. You're rocking in your father's footsteps. So good luck in the show. Uh, and, you know, the Tigers, they got nothing, you know, they got nothing to lose at this point. So call him up, you know, let him see if, see if he can sink or swim. <laughs> so, uh, also want to give some special love to, in the AL central to the American league player of the week, Jose Ramirez, easily one of the most underrated players in baseball last week. Uh, he slashed three forty eight, four twenty three, nine fifty seven slugging, Three home runs, 11 RBIs, three steals, three walks, and only one strikeout the entire week. Man, in total, seven of his extra hit of his eight hits went for extra bases. And along with being tied in the league for triples with four triples, he leads all of baseball with 51 RBIs. Guys, we're only 50 games in. He's averaging one RBI per game. <laughs> you know, if he keeps it up, it's going to be 162 RBIs, which is absolutely insane. He's batting 297. He's got 13 bombs in the year. He's going to be an all-star, and he deserves every bit of it. <laughs> so congrats to you. Uh, Clayvin is still, you know, a few games out. Seven out, not too shabby. But the Twins, it's all about the Twins just as you alluded to. So a pretty good division, you know, it's the, the White Sox could make a pull for it. They're not entirely out of it, but I mean, who knows? Anything can happen. Trade deadline can give hope. We'll see. So it's turning out to be much more interesting than I thought it would be. So, well, there you go. Um, uh, now on over to the NL Central. It's all the Brewers now. It's the one. It's the two horse race of the Brewers and the Cardinals. When it comes to the Brewers, uh, Corbin Burns again. He's just coming into his own. One ninety five ERA, zero point eight two WHIP. And when you have a guy like that, it's pretty good. But then Eric Lauer, two thirty one ERA. He's really, really sinking in. Josh Hader again. He just continues to hate. <laughs> Again, it seems like every week he has he still hasn't given up a run. Still, it's just every week it's the same thing. And I'm just gonna keep pointing out the fact that he's never given up a run until he finally does. And even when he finally does, I mean, it's still gonna be incredibly impressive. Uh, the pitching is definitely there for the Brewers. Um, you know, it's it's a pretty impressive runs run scored or runs allowed, shall I say? Offensively, it's a team effort. Um, you don't have stars that are just absolutely breaking out in crazy fashion, but they all get the job done. Uh, you got guys who are just, they're showing up and they're getting it done. Willie Adamez, Tyron Taylor, Rowdy Telez. These are all guys with OPSs over 700. Hunter Renfro, they get in, they get the job done. They're kind of like the Giants last year. They go in, it's not flashy, 
but they win games. So uh, good job, Brew Crew. You're, I mean, you got a great manager. You're really deep, and you're just, I mean, you're, you're hanging in there. But hot on their tail is the St. Louis Cardinals, which they're proving to have a really fun year, too. I mean, they're having fun really going into it. Nolan Arenado was on a tear to start off. He's cooled down a little bit. He still has a 500 slugging, which is insane. But it's all about Paul Goldschmidt, people. Paul Goldschmidt. It's time we started talking about Paul Goldschmidt because he's he, he's legitimately going to be an all-star, I swear. Uh, this man, first baseman, hands down one of the most underrated players in baseball. He has a 352 batting average, 418 on base percentage, 626 slugging for a 1.044 OPS and 11 bombs. I mean, explosions. It's it's insane. 2.7 wins above replacement. Tommy Edmonds got 3 wins above replacement. And you got Nolan Arenado. You got a 1-2-3 punch absolute bonkers offense from those three gentlemen right there. I mean, it, it it's insane. And they're contending with the Brewers in the amount of runs that they are scoring. And when it comes to pitching, you have a one, two, three punch of Nicholas, Wainwright, and Hudson. They all have low ERAs. It's like 2.67, 3.12, 3.22 respectively. And it's just, you know, it's a good year. It is a good year for the Cardinals. Their fans are showing up. They are excited. They have a shot. They have a plus 43 run differential, which is it's three runs better than the Brewers. So they're showing that they have the depth. They have the numbers. They've won seven out of their last 10 games. And it's exciting. It's legitimately exciting to see the one-two punch. The cards are four games back. Anything can happen. Next week, it could be completely different. So Pirates are 10 and a half back. Cubs are really, really starting to cool down hardcore. And Suzuki is cooling down a little bit, which is unfortunate. He's not, you know, he kind of came out red hot. And when it comes to rookie of the year, you got to start looking at that a little bit because it's, I don't want to say it's completely in jeopardy, but he just hasn't really done a whole lot. He's got 0.7 wins above replacements, which I mean, he's a rookie. He's got all the potential in the world, but he still has only four homers. 775 OPS is still solid, but I don't know. We'll see. But, yep, there it is, the one, the two-horse race of the NL Central. I love it. It's, uh, yeah, you know, I I, I still just got this deep feeling that the, yes. uh, that the Cardinals are going to, uh, I guess, <laughs> they're, 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 they're going to uh, go on a hot streak there uh, within the oh, last month man. of the season and, uh, <laughs> you know, just... Uh, just narrowly scrape it out over uh, over the Brew Crew, uh, but hey, we have a lot of baseball left to be played. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Certainly, two very good teams that can both do a lot of damage once the postseason rolls around there in the National League. Oh. So we will we will see how those races unfold. But let's uh, let's swing it back over to the American League and head far out west, uh, where you know the Gold Rush just kind of cooled off a little bit uh, with the uh, mm. with the the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, on a five-game losing streak right now, um, yeah. What what's ultimately just happening with the uh, with with the Angels right now? Uh, dealing with some injury issues here. Uh, Anthony Rendon uh, a few days ago was put on the IL after his wrist flared up. Um, you've got uh, you've got Kurt Suzuki. Uh, he suffered a neck contusion. Um, yeah, just the offense has gone a little bit cold um, as of recently. Uh, Otani's back has been acting up um, for him a bit here. Um, there's, uh, you know, you've still got, uh, got some good stuff that's happening here. Uh, Norris in regard, he shut down my Rangers uh, a week ago with mm. uh, eight, eight shutout innings. Um, uh, actually, I don't think they were, eight, they were shutout innings, but they were just, they were really good innings. Uh, got a five to three win um, for the Angels over the, uh, over the Rangers. Um, but yeah, you know, they're just, they're in a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a slump right now. Um, but certainly I think there's the, there's the all around talent in this, uh, this club that they can get things going and if they can get healthy again, um, they're certainly going to be right back there on the map. Uh, and they're right within striking distance as well, um, of the Astros. 
we know the Astros, uh, you know, just continue to do Astros things right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the door still remains, uh, the window still remains open right now uh, for this club, right? Uh, club to potentially get another ring right now uh, with their, uh, with their current lineup and their current clubhouse. Um, so they've got the plus 41 run differential on the year. Uh, won a couple games in a row now, six and four in their last 10. But I really want to give a focus to my Texas Rangers right now, who all of a sudden are starting to look pretty hot. They're just mm-hmm. uh, they are just one game below 500 right now. They are seven games uh, outside behind the lead right now in this division, but they're only a, a few games right now outside of a wild card spot. Um, they're so really they're they're still within striking distance of both, but they're just playing their they're just playing their best ball at this point now. Um, they're uh, the, the offense has woken up. Uh, plus 10 run differential on the year at this point. You're getting some really good pitching performances um, out of guys here that you know we didn't exactly, I think, maybe expect or you know that we're kind of rolling the dice on. Uh, Martin Perez has looked really, really strong. As I said, he had a great start uh, to his game uh, earlier off to check in and see how things are going once we hop here off the pod. Um, but uh, I like what I'm seeing there. I like just overall the chemistry. I, I've started to tune in uh, to a few games recently. You know, I've covered my Rangers here on this show, just kind of briefly touched on them. It's been, there's just been so much sports stuff going on lately, uh, you know, especially with uh, with the Stars and the Mavericks um, being uh, being in playoffs in their respective leagues um, here, other Dallas area sports teams just kind of had, like my focus being pulled in multiple directions here. And so haven't been able to really give a whole lot to the Rangers. At this point now, um, with the Rangers being it for the next several months. Um, I, uh, yeah, I've been focusing on them more and they, it, they, these guys seem like they're playing loose with good chemistry with each other. And you have a cut and you know, the two, the two pieces that they spent that they just dumped all the money on over this, uh, this off season <laughs> here, that us as Rangers fans, just like woke up, like pulled out our phones randomly over the winter to figure out like, wait, we're actually spending money here. Like, Oh wow. Like, <laughs> are, yeah, uh, they're starting to, uh, are, you know, are starting to heat up. I mean, first and foremost, uh, Corey Seager here has been playing great lately. He now has 10 home runs on the year, the shortstop, wow. uh, batting 232 and, and then 23 runs bad in the compliment his game as well. Uh, Adolis Garcia, uh, the sensation of last year, uh, the right fielder, he has 29 runs batted in a 220 batting average and seven home runs. Uh, Marcus Simeon broke his home run, uh, drought the other day, uh, got a grand slam, nice. the Rangers blowout win over the A's. Uh, out at the Coliseum in Oakland. Um, yeah, these uh, you got some of these offensive statistics that are starting to wake up now. This team is doing a lot better in that regard. Um, yeah, pitching. Martin Perez has been the uh, has been the man that has, has led it here with the 160 ERA, the 44 strikeouts on the year. Dane Dunning uh, has has done great as well with 53. 56 strikeouts. You'd like to see that ERA come down for from 431. Um, but the Rangers are playing more fun ball now. Uh, yeah, you've got uh, in Brad Miller went on the uh, the IL the other day um, for these guys. So they had uh, prospect Josh Smith called up and played in his debut last night uh, for the Rangers there uh, out of Globe Life. It was a nine to five win over the Rays in that game. And it's really cool. He had uh, he had three hits um, in that game. Uh, I believe it was either his wife or his girlfriend that was out there in the stands. He had other family members as well that uh, that were cheering him on too. Uh, Emily Jones went over and uh, and talked to her um, hmm. as the game was going on there. So uh, yeah, he's the sixth Rangers player uh, with three hits in his major league debut, and the first since Nomar Mazara back in 2016. Uh, he was nice. a third base. Uh, yeah, uh, Brad Miller, uh, is on the, uh, 10 day injury list right now with a hip issue. Um, so hopefully we'll get him back soon, but just once again, it's, uh, good to see, it's good to see the Rangers playing good ball right now and to see a, uh, see a prospect like Miller, uh, get called up, uh, actually Smith, excuse me, get called up, um, and play, uh, play really, really well and, uh, show that, you know, there there's talent here that, that is ready to step up. You know, some, some of these guys are really right now. Other of them are still working there, but there's uh, there's there's some legitimate hope in the future of this Rangers organization. That I think we're finally starting to see come to fruition here. Uh, here in terms of you know these these front office changes and management changes over the last couple of years, um, 
and a broader vision for the future was painted. It was kind of outlined and everything. Now the color is starting to come in on it. We're seeing that we're seeing uh, a lot brighter than it has been before. Um, it's, this is a fun Rangers club right now, you know, to see giving hope uh, for guys like myself for, uh, for the future of what's to come. Indeed. You know, the offense of the Rangers is really what's keeping them in, in, in the mix. And uh, the pitching is, it's really, you know, it's the difference. It's not too out of hand. And, you know, they have a plus 10 run differential and they're playing 500 ball. And when you're playing 500 ball, uh, at this point in the game, you're going to be in the thick of it. And yeah. We're not giving up a ton of runs. We're having great starting performances. Relief pitching has been good. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's good, fundamentally sound baseball right now. And those guys look loose and like they're having fun oh, playing out yeah. there. I mean, that's a great sign when you're 500 and you see these guys all with smiles and just like, there's a general like energy difference in the building comparative to this point last year that we looked at. Uh, the the pandemic shortened season really time before that it's like yeah there's there's there, there's stuff to like right now about the club and I'm glad I'm glad there is I'm glad there is I want the Rangers to do well and uh, they are taking advantage of the moment the Astros and the Angels were starting to lose some games and the Rangers were starting to win but now if things are just kind of floating down the margin is still there but I just really want them to just really just make a push for it. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's just been the Astros and the angels show the Astros, obviously they're kind of pulling ahead at the, at the time being, but anything can change. And, you know, you just gotta wonder if there's just something working for those Rangers. There's just some, you know, some underlying spell that they got going on. Uh, uh, you know, the angels are scoring a ton of runs, which is, that's really working out for them. But pitching is, not as elite when compared to other teams, such as, you know, the teams that I'm about to talk about and, you know, teams and the, like the Yankees and stuff. And that's been their downfall. So it, it, it's been good. It's kind of the pitching for the angels and the Rangers is the same kind of it's, it's better, but it's still not that next step. And as far as the Astros go, their runs allowed is elite when compared with the Dodgers and the Yankees. It's in that top tier. The thing that keeps the Astros at bay is their runs. It's their offense. Basket hot, basket cold. And when the bats are hot, they win the game. It's as simple as that. It's a one-dimensional game. It's just you have to answer one question. Are the bats alive? And if they are, that's it. That's all there is to it. So good for you, Astros. Four game win a lead. Uh, we will see. It's still got I still have a lot of hope for my Astros, but now we close things out with the NL West. It's shaping at least to be a two horse race. The horse in front by a mere three games, the Los Angeles Dodgers with a 118 run differential. It's basically twice the second place run differential. Not twice, but you get the point. It's the Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers. They're the Dodgers every year, and they're going to continue to be it. Mookie Betts is on an absolute tear. 15 home runs. He's slashing 304, 392, 614 with a 1.006 OPS. He is becoming the Mookie Betts that everyone hoped and dreamed that he would be. Freddie Freeman, 879 OPS. Trey Turner, 798 OPS. Um, you know, Cody Bellinger, I mean, he's got five bombs on the year, and he's starting to have kind of a comeback here. Not completely outstanding lights out, but he's still there. Chris Taylor, 785 OPS. Max Muncy, 591 OPS, you want to see that get up a little bit. I mean, he has a 150 batting average, so it's a little a little concerning there. But Chris Taylor is proving to be a good a good replacement in a sense. They're just like their lineup is so deep. When you have players that are underperforming, you have plenty of people that can fill in the gaps. And when it comes to the pitching, it's still there, guys. Um, they have 
They are tied for the best in runs allowed with the New York Yankees. Wouldn't you believe it? It's it's Dodgers Yankees. <laughs> it's all those big market teams that we keep on talking about. And the Dodgers, Walker Bueller, 322 ERA. Tyler Anderson, 290 ERA. Arias, 249. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, 180. I mean, yeah, but when Kershaw goes out there, it's lights out. It's just lights out, everybody. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. Um, this team, you just gotta wonder if they're just on a tear this year. They're they're on a they are dead set on winning a legitimate <laughs> championship. Dare I say? Uh, just, I mean, they're they're the top dogs when it comes to making it rain, but the Padres. it's all Manny Machado all day long. This guy's for sure going to be an all-star, barring some kind of catastrophe. Slashing 353, 432, 572. Golly, Manny Machado. I did not expect this this year. But you have Eric Hosmer again, 813 OPS. Sturks and Profar, 745. Look at that. Uh, Just elite, elite, elite the whole way through. When it comes to pitching, it's still Joe Musgrove. This guy's on a Cy Young tear, guys. 186 ERA, 0.98 whip. You got Shamanayas hovering around a 402 ERA, which is, you know, it's okay. You Darvish, 376. Nick Martinez, uh, 394. You got Mackenzie Gore with a 171. These are all, they're pretty good. I mean, it's, it's manageable. It's something you can work with. They are really keeping themselves in the ball game, and look, I mean, we're gonna get to our power rankings to- coming up towards the end. But uh, you just got. Will it make a difference when Tatis comes back? That is the ultimate question. Manny Machado is—he's doing everything that we expected and more. But when you look at Tatis, that sixty-day IL is still there. He will. His wrist is going to be scanned next Monday, and at which point he could be cleared to hit. And then it will start the process. So he's just been kind of sitting on the sidelines, waiting to get this point where he's finally cleared to hit. And at that point, Padres fans, the little brother, that just doesn't get any respect. They're, they they got to be happy that they're still in the game at this point. But there you go. We will see what happens. That's your... Your recap of all the divisions, it's some exciting races, some tight races. Some <coughs> these some divisions are predictable, whereas some are not. But that's what makes it fun, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a, uh, that's the best part of baseball is uh, watching these races play out uh, throughout the year. Exactly. So then we end things off, as we always do, with the latest no-doubter rankings. Coming in at number 10, the Rays staying at number 10. They're still hanging strong. The, and the my, car- Ranger, my Rangers are probably going to knock them out of that list uh, this week. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, look at the Rangers, 23 and 24, and the Rays are 28 and 28 games above 500. But hey, you cannot count it out. So... There is hope. <laughs> the Rangers make the top 10. <laughs> <coughs> we can really do some home cooking. We can do an honorable mention and just throw them there. Just for the heck of it. No, I'm just saying like, you know, they're probably, the Rangers still got some work to do to break into the top 10, but they, uh, they, they, they've got, uh, they're up on the race right now, three to nothing uh, in the seventh. So uh, oh, looks, like well, the, uh, looks like the race might be about to drop a series here. So uh, maybe. Yeah. So. But then they've got all the rest of the games to play for the rest of the week before uh, we do our next show. So yeah, I'm just being facetious here. <laughs> hey, I got to got to homer it up every once in a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Rays at number ten and Cardinals staying at number nine. It's just they're still good. It's very impressive to be in the top ten at this point, and they're just staying. They're staying strong. Uh, the Angels have gone down three slots. They are at the number eight position. They just lost a lot of games, guys. And I mean, they're still there. But it's it's not the end of the world. But they're just other teams are moving past them. The Twins are hanging still strong at the number seven for seven position. 
They're in first place in the Central. You know, they're hanging strong. Brewers have been winning a couple of games, which is why they're in the number six position. They've gone up two slots in this no doubter rankings. Uh, coming in number five, the Padres going down one just a little bit. You know, they're still there. They're, I mean, contesting in the, in the West. It's not a shabby division by any stretch. Astros. And they've been winning, been winning a couple of games, more so than not. So they have gone up two slots. They are in the top four. A little bit of homer. Hey, you can blame me, guilty as charged, but I mean, I've done worse, right? <laughs> so, and then it's the same three teams that we always talk about. It's just the order just gets reversed sometimes. You have the Yankees at number three. You have the Mets at number two. And the number one team, a team that has a 33-15 and 15 record, a plus 118 run differential that has won seven out of their last 10 games. I'm, of course, talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it, it, that's the theme of the year is just big market dominance the whole way through. And it's sad. Everybody, it's like, boo, boo, boo. But, hey, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> so... There you go. That's another week in Major League Baseball. We're going to keep y'all updated uh, every week. Moving on down, it's the All-Star break. We got a lot of fun stuff happening, man. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it's truly is the time of year where I really start locking in on baseball. And uh, I enjoy it that much more uh, as I do. Uh, but with friends, uh, with that in mind, uh, we are going to start wrapping things down here for this episode. Uh, if you could just do us a favor here as we're, uh, we're winding down, we got some things to ask of you here. Uh, you know, we, uh, we've seen some really, uh, some really good interaction and some interactions, kind of little, uh, little blips here and there. Uh, you know, some promising future and potential for our show here in terms of downloads, and especially as I've seen uh, lately here on our Facebook, like our reach that we've had uh, for things like the Kyle Blanks interview and some other posts that we've had, just being able to get those uh, get those out in front of new eyes, people, you know, who maybe don't tune our page as much. Uh, help us out here. The way you can do that is by making sure that you are subscribed to No Doubter if you're not already. Uh, I know many of y'all probably are subscribed now, uh, but some of y'all still are not. So please subscribe to No Doubter wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever, really wherever you get them, we're there. Uh, would really love love that so that way you never miss an episode and you're always right there to be able to, to give it a listen as soon as it comes out. And also take a look at our brand new YouTube channel as well and subscribe there. That's helping bring uh, us be able to bring this show in live stream format to you. It's one of the formats of which, you know, the this stream comes out there. Uh, you know, if you want to watch your show uh, live or rather go back to it, if you're subscribed to that channel, you can get it there. Uh, make sure you're subscribed there as well too. Uh, you know, if you're, Whenever you're watching this, whether it's live or, uh, or you know, back later, uh, you know, make sure you always share this, uh, comment on it. You know, we're wrapping down the stream here, so we're not about to take any questions that come in. Uh, but yeah, ask us questions uh, here. Leave us comments about things. We'll get right back to you. Um, we would love to interact with you there. So yeah, share it, comment, like it. All those things help uh, help with the algorithm and help us be able to grow this show. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know how you've been enjoying No Doubter to this point. Make sure that you've liked us on Facebook, that you followed us on Twitter and Instagram. Both those handles are going to be at No Doubter Pod. Boom and myself are on Twitter. You can follow us as well, too. We often retweet things from, uh, from our Twitter accounts and also give our own takes on baseball, and you can just get a look into our lives as well, too, from there. Uh, I'll be at BoomBostic21 and at Travis Loffley, where you can find us. Uh, let's talk Patreon real quick. So we re revamped those uh, those levels recently to uh, to include some new benefits there, and uh, you know give guys some incentives here to uh, kind of take things to the next level in terms of uh, joining us on this show and helping us build a uh, community of people who love the sport of baseball. Um, and one of these things is that no matter what. Uh, what level you're part of, uh, you know, you're considered a part of what's making, uh, this show possible here. Uh, and that, in that regard, we do want to give a shout out to a couple of people and that includes our longest standing patron, Mr. Tad Bostic, and then our Patreon producer who made the jump all the way up to the legend tier, uh, of our Patreon account from the beginning, Mr. Don Hale. Um, guys, yes, please take a look at our Patreon account. If y'all join there, if there, we have like an actual group of people to join those, we can start like truly doing those things and giving y'all the full benefits of uh, what's included in Patreon there. So thank you for being a part of uh, part of the ride. Please take a look at it. We think you'll like what you see. Let's take a look. Let's talk also about our merch store. 
I'm partner with T Public has done a great job in putting together things like T-shirts, hoodies, baseball shirts, uh, crew neck sweatshirts, mugs, phone cases, uh, many more items there with no doubt logo on it. Uh, there, the shirts are as soft as they can be. They feel great when you're wearing them. Uh, take a look at uh, what we got in our merch store there. Pick yourself up some swag. Help spread the word about No Doubter in your everyday life and all that you do. You will see all the important links in the description below. Boom, close us out. It's the way we always do here at the end of No Doubter. Yes, yeah, the way we always do as you go about your week, as you go about your life, uh, uh, no matter what you do, no matter what you got going on for you, do it the No Doubter way. As we have so many so many examples on our show via our interviews, follow their example. Bat 400 and always swing for the fences. We will see you all next week. This episode of No Doubter is produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Laughlin and edited by Travis Boster. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silblick.